He's back. It's been far too long since I have talked with Congressman Thomas Massey, but affording us some time to uh, chat here in the time of the virus is greatly appreciated, Congressman. I have to ask, are you and your family healthy and bunkered in? We're doing great. Everybody's healthy. We've put out a big garden this year, um, and all is good. (laughs) Where'd you get the seeds? The Michigan police are coming down to get your seeds from you, sir. Well, Governor Andy Beshear, the Democrat in Kentucky, has basically outlawed churches and sent state troopers to take pictures of license plates if you go to church. But he hasn't yet outlawed seeds. Well, thank God. That don't even say yet. That makes yet. me very, very <laughs> nervous. Congressman Massey is a, a man who marches to his own band. It's not just a drum. It's a whole band. I watched your the documentary about you off the grid. And I first I think we first ran into each other at Freedom Fest about five, six years ago. And I said, here's a guy who gets it. He understands that uh, small government equals big freedom. And uh, I think that's carried forward. You're, you're a brave man bucking the system. You even got called out by the president when you um, stood up and said, hey, everybody needs to be on record for all of this government money we're going to print. How did that feel that day? Well, you know, Nancy Pelosi called me a dangerous nuisance, which felt pretty good, frankly. I think more Republicans need to be seen as a dangerous nuisance um, to Nancy Pelosi. But <laughs> when the president called me a, a third-rate grandstander, I took great offense to that because I maintain, Mike, that I'm at least second-rate. <laughs> hey, come on. Give me some. I, but this has propelled me from backbencher to third-rate grandstander, like in just a matter of hours, quoting the Constitution. <laughs> yeah, that's a dangerous thing. Although he seems to, he, the president, seems to be fond of the Constitution when he considers the option of shutting down the Congress and then moving ahead with a bunch of recess appointments that he would like to get done. So it, it is an interesting, um, my mother would say, convenience usage of that document when, it's, yeah. when it suits your purpose. Well, <sighs> you know, the thing that I maintained two weeks ago Friday was that the Constitution says you have to have a quorum in order to make laws. Okay, and a quorum is defined as half of Congress in the Constitution. And they were sending emails saying, stay home. Nancy Pelosi's going to do this on her own. And I'm like, what the hell? We can't give her that kind of leverage. And furthermore, if you let people stay home and government happens in Congress, spending happens without people going to work. Think about how much spending we're going to get under that scenario, under that regime. So I stood up and the whole world, it seemed like for a moment, but it was actually just all of Washington, D.C., tried to crush me. Now I've got uh, I've just found out that Liz Cheney has uh, donated to my primary opponent, which basically is another badge of honor, frankly. Uh, But that's what I'm up against. And this is what happens when one person steps out of line in Washington, D.C. That is amazing to me that you would stand up for something that is so solidly a Republican principle, a principle of saying, hey, we have an operating manual. We have this constitution (laughs) here and we ought to stick to it and get stuff done. And that vote or that attempt to block whatever was going on. Seems Mm -hmm. to me like it was a vote for accountability on every person in that body. 
that's what it was. I, I want people to be accountable. In fact, people said, oh, you've endangered the lives of your colleagues. Don't do this again. So I'm saying, all right, enable remote voting. If you don't want to come to work, well, I think you should come to work. But if you won't come to work, at least go on the record. Like, at least, you know, say how you would vote. And uh, my colleagues are pushing back against that. Nancy Pelosi's pushed back against it because she's figured she knows how to do remote voting, but she doesn't know how to rig the vote remotely in Congress. <laughs> she can't twist arms. And they also know that once you do, once you allow Congress to vote remotely, you can't do voice votes. Everything has to be on the record to be secure. And that's why they oppose it. I'm just marveling at the fact that here we are in 2020 and we have technology that allows us to teach every kid in the nation without having the kid go to school. But we can't remotely vote in Congress. Right. We don't know how to vote remotely, yet we're transferring billions of dollars every day through in the Internet, through electronic funds transfers. Uh, the Pentagon is teleworking from home, and Congress can't figure out how to get 535 people to vote without physically being present. <laughs> it's kind of ridiculous, frankly. Yeah, it's more than ridiculous. We're talking with Congressman Thomas Massey. You should know who he is. We've talked to you in the past, Congressman. Uh, I think the last time might have been just over a year ago when the Covington Catholic school kids ran afoul of the media and uh, you you had been in contact with those kids because they'd actually been to your office. Have you stayed in touch with them and Nick Sandman over the past year plus? Oh, yeah, I stayed in touch after that. I invited Nick to the State of the Union as my guest. Um, I haven't really mentioned that publicly. Uh, his mom thought it was best to sort of take him back out of the spotlight, and I agreed and gave him a rain check. But just to show you how small of a world this is, Mike, um, the lawyer who represented Nick Sandman after I took up for Nick Sandman as his congressman, the lawyer won a settlement from CNN and is now trying to beat me in the Republican primary for Congress. <laughs> that, that's just wrong. I'm sorry. But that, that, On so many levels. I, that's insane. Wow. Well, he's probably very well funded at this point, too. Not just Liz Cheney's money, but the, he's got CNN money behind him now. Yeah, he's a total opportunist. I like to say that uh, Nick Sandman asked him to sleep on it, and he billed him for eight hours. Um, <laughs> oh, nice. I'm stealing that. <laughs> I'm taking that. That's very good. But anyways, you know, no good deed goes unpunished. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when the media came after Nick Sandman and his classmates, it wasn't just about that event. It was about trying to intimidate the people who show up to Washington, D.C. and march for the right to life. It was about convincing parents and school teachers and school administrators that it's not safe to bring your kids to Washington, D.C. if you're a conservative. And that was the big tragedy of all this. And that, that's uh, one of the big reasons that I stood up for Nick and his classmates. Congressman, um, th this uh, package of trillions of dollars that we have now committed to, how in the heck are we ever going to pay this back? We're not going to pay it back. And I did some rough math on this bill. And the American people need to get out their calculator and do the same math. The bill actually spends or obligates $6 trillion because the Fed's going to leverage some seed capital we gave them into $4 trillion. So you got the $2 trillion from Congress, the $4 trillion from the Fed. 
So divide $6 trillion by 100 million families. That's $60,000 of money that's going to be spent or loaned out or printed on behalf of every American family. But each American family can expect to maybe get $3,000 out of this package. We're, that's 5% return on your money. Where'd the other 95% go? It's going to the bankers. It's going to Wall Street. It's going to all these other folks. And I, I, t I say that the $1,200 is the cheese in the trap. Speaking of the $1,200, a friend, a lifelong friend, uh, texted me yesterday and said, dad got his $1,200 check. Now I knew his dad too. And I was like, wait, isn't your dad dead? And he's like, yeah, my dad died two years ago. He just, we just got the check in the, in the joint account. They had a joint account with his father because they were helping him pay his bills before he passed away. And this stimulus check is going, these stimulus checks are going to thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of dead people right now that's just so infuriating dead and, people getting checks and they'll go into accounts and i'm sure that money won't be sent back i'm, I'm sure your no. friend is sending it back but well he intends to there's some question you know people are saying or they're now debating on whether you're supposed to keep it or not i think the government doesn't really care what happens as long as you spend it they're trying to juice the economy by injecting all this capital and they knew they couldn't get away with just giving it to the banks and Wall Street. They needed to give some of the cheese to the taxpayers. And that's what this is about. My friend said, you know, I'm not worried if, if a few of these $1,200 checks are being misplaced. And he's, he's happy to give it back. I mean, you don't call a congressman and tell him your dad got a $1,200 check and your dad's dead if you intend to, like, keep the check, right? But he, my friend said, I'm not worried about $1,200 being misplaced. I'm worried about what you guys are doing with the $20 million checks. If you're not running the, the, you know, the checks and balances on, on this money that as it goes out, I got to imagine you're, you're misplacing billions of dollars. And he's right. Yeah, he's right. And we've known we've been wasting money, billions of dollars for years now. Congressman, I wish you were my congressman. I'm stuck with somebody <laughs> who's got one of those blue coats on. They, they yeah. and, and it's just it's infuriating because I think you speak for people with common sense. And uh, as the late John Prine would say, don't make no sense. The common sense don't make no sense no more. <laughs> he was a great songwriter. Uh, there's one Democrat, if you'll allow me to quote him, Harry Truman, they, told, they said, give them hell. And he said, I'll give them the truth and they'll think it's hell. <laughs> and that's what I try to do. I just give them the truth and they think it's hell up there. Anytime you're, you've got something you need to get the word out, um, I'd love to hear from you. We appreciate everything you're doing, Congressman Massey. Thanks, Mike. And uh, hopefully Freedom Fest will happen again sometime. Who knows when this economy is going to be turned back on. But let's get together somewhere.